Wolf and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Monday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. Kind of a busy Monday. I'm Luke. Wolf, what's going on? Um, Not a whole lot other than in the sports world, of course. Things are just absolutely nuts. Just everything. Agree. Yes, everything is going on right now. How are you doing? How was your your weekend, Luke? It was good. It was good. We got uh, we got ASU in the tournament. Obviously, U of A and GCU, too, which is pretty cool. Uh, we've got some D-back stuff to talk about. Obviously, legal tampering going on uh, around the NFL <laughs> and uh, the Phoenix Suns in action tonight against Golden State. Am I missing anything? You just say legal tampering. Legal it tampering. Just, it sounds so bizarre, doesn't it? Legal tampering. One of the better ideas, I would have to say, the National Football League has proposed in a long, long time. Legal tampering. It's been around, of course, obviously now for a few years. But it's just very, very cool to see this now. Free agency has begun in earnest in the National Football League, and I love it. Yeah, and we're going to get into that, obviously. Certainly, if anything develops with the Cardinals, but just kind of keeping you up to date around the league as well. I mean, there's 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 so much going on today. I mean, this is the week. This is arguably the best week in sports when you consider you have the stretch run in the NBA, you've got the stretch run in the NHL, you've got spring training in full swing, you've got the football in the NFL always does a good job of this. They make sure they get in there too with legal tampering now and then free agency officially starting uh, on Wednesday. And oh yeah, it's the best week of March Madness with Selection Sunday yesterday and the first couple rounds of games this weekend. And it just honestly, it feels so good, doesn't it, Basin Onions, to be part of it here, of course, yeah, in Tempe. Not in to be Phoenix, on the outside looking in Here in the once. Basin, to actually be part of this once again. The fourth time, the fourth time that Bobby Hurley has got his crew into the tournament. And now it's the playing, of course, as we all understand. And at the same time, that is the tournament to me. It is. You're, you're getting the opportunity to get into the field of 64. For me, I'm good with that. I'm, I'm not upset about it. Well, you know, we'll get we'll get into it in a little bit. I know I know some ASU fans are like, oh, they should be in the tournament. Maybe, maybe. I mean, there's, there's certainly a case to be made. They should be in the actual field of 64 over a team like NC State. But, I, you know, you're in. Now, if you feel like you deserve a better fate, go out there and win the game. Go out this and week. And then, Yeah, so, I mean, you at least get a chance uh, to do that. Especially against a team in Nevada that a lot of people are looking at like, you know, I don't know if they should actually be in the tournament. Well, then there you go. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that are doing it. So, to me, go take care of business. There's actually a path that's not that crazy where they could play GCU in the second round of the tournament. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. Like I said, we'll get more into March Madness in a little bit, but it's not like they're in two different regions. They're they're right in the same little area of the bracket. Yeah. Uh, we had the Suns over the weekend lose to Sacramento. It's one loss. They're still, what, 16-6 and six in their last 22s. I'm not going to overreact to one loss. 
But there were elements of that 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 could make you think, all right, this um, they are a little top heavy right now. I mean, that was part of the trade. But when then your main guy or one of your two main guys gets hurt, it's a little more evident because Devin Booker played well. Uh, you had DeAndre Ayton, I thought played well. Chris Paul had sixteen and sixteen, and they still lost to yeah. the playoff team. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because the Suns, of course, without Kevin Durant, playing without Kevin Durant, as we all know, Kevin Durant. Wait, KP, he's not playing. He's not playing. It's the first, he's, I've heard of this. He's not playing. Of course, Kevin Durant. So we were talking. We were talking about it all last week, and KD is out, and they're missing their superstar. But you then remember when they're missing KD, they don't have Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson as well. Yeah. So now all feels of a sudden, like you're missing three players. You're, you feel like, where is everybody? I, you know, listen, we're you're so jacked up and so excited about the Phoenix Suns, and we're all revved up with no place to go right now. Yeah, and look, they play Golden State tonight. They play Milwaukee tomorrow, and uh, we're going to have K-Ray. He's going to join us uh, later on in the show, certainly for game day with K-Ray. Uh, I'm going to throw this in there, too. Clayton Keller, if you're a hockey fan, is going to join us later on the show. Crazy, the Coyotes, man. That is, <laughs> They are a fun team right now. They are a fun team. I, I know that there are a lot of Coyotes fans that are like, what are you doing? I mean, for people that aren't a hockey fan, the guy that's coming out at the number one pick in the draft this year is basically the NHL equivalent <laughs> to Victor Wembanyama. I mean, that's basically what it is. So <laughs> there are Coyotes fans who are like, yeah, this is a lot of fun. Yes. We're going to miss out on a generational talent, Connor Bedard. But uh, I don't know, man. That's a fun team right now. You yeah. would love them. They play like they play like Wolf. Four fights last night in that yeah, game. Yeah, no, I, I know that. And uh, once again, anybody that has listened to the show, you know what a huge fan I am of Bear, of course, Andre Turney, the, the head coach of the Coyotes. I love his philosophy. I love his culture. I love the way he develops that culture and what he believes. He's got a series of beliefs. And Bill Armstrong, I think, has done a really, really good job of going out and actually trying to give him some players. But um, players that believe what he believes. But see how dangerous that can get when you do go out and get those guys (laughs) minus their talent, go out and actually get guys that believe like that. Now, all of a sudden, the Coyotes are a bit of a surprise. Well, that team, those players, and obviously that coaching staff have rallied around not being expected to win. And then you've got baseball. We're going to get into that, too, because it's not just spring training. you got the D-backs spending a lot of money on a guy that's played 32 baseball games in his career, his major league career. So um, that's an interesting t- discussion we're going to have in a little bit because that might be the only way to really do it if you're going to compete in this division. You and I have had this conversation in the past before that deal of, is this the way you compete in this division? Do you have to kind of... It's not really hedging. I don't know what you would call that. you got to get out in front of, of potentially big contracts, and they did that this weekend, and it's... a polarizing contract around the, uh, the the fan base. Yeah, this is, you know, for me, I believe this is a great move by the Arizona Diamondbacks, but it is fraught with peril. It is. You just, he, you know, the guy's played 32 games, but this is what a mid-market team has got to do with Major League Baseball and not having a salary cap. This is what you've got to do. Yeah. Well, they're doing it. I know, and it's very, very very tough, but you've got to roll the dice from time to time, and I think they did that with Corbin Carroll. And I'm sure from their perspective, they're thinking, hey, this makes sense for us because we got to keep this kid. Well, you know, 
how many of us last season were like, okay, you can be excited about this team and all this young talent, but the, the biggest thing if you are a fan of a team and you're being asked to, uh, to, to buy into a rebuild is you, you've got you've to show your fan base you're going to keep those players. You cannot be, even if you draft well and you develop well, if they end up on other teams, that doesn't work very well. No, it doesn't. I'm sorry. I got totally distracted because I actually peeked and and I saw that there's a dude well, standing he's by. A dude, he I, works I mean, here. I, I know he works here, but it was really really. I'm having weird computer issues over here. Here we are. We're over here. We're actually doing a broadcast <laughs> right now, and the cap is pulled so low, base and earnings. I saw nobody walk in here, but the door is behind where you sit in this studio. And suddenly, I look at Luke and I see just out of the corner, just barely, this flash of blue. <laughs> And it's a blue shirt. I don't even. I can't even it's tell an you. Arizona sports. I cannot shirt. even tell you. Is that Will standing behind yes, me right is. now? Okay, good. This, this should be I, a fun game we play on the show. Have did somebody not even stand know that Wolf. right there. But there it is. All of a sudden, <laughs> standing behind you. Just cue the audio slave. Okay, maybe not. I wonder. But you get my point. I wondered why you kept looking at me, and then your eyes were slowly drifting behind you. Like, Wait a minute! Are you, are you imagining this? There it is, right there, everybody. Some dude standing in your home. <laughs> okay, that's not cool to do. If you're listening right now, young crunks, it's not cool. Knock it off. No, I don't know. I'm laughing, and um, <laughs> you're going to be thankful when when I'm able to play sound for the rest of the show because right now I can't do anything out of this computer. Oh, is that the problem? Will is actually here. So that's why Will is here. He's standing at the ready. He is. By the way, that's what you do. You stand at the ready for somebody else. You love somebody else, Basin Onions, you stand at the ready. Will loves his job, and that's why he's standing at the ready right now. Just waiting for his opportunity to come in and fix the Wolf and Luke show. Just waiting for us to go to break, (laughs) which we're going to do right now. I love that. Hit it! What up, Will? All right, the weather's getting warmer. Arizona Sports and Fulton Homes are reminding you that two seconds is too long to take your eyes off your kids around water. For life-saving water safety tips and to enter to win swim lessons from the YMCA Tech Swim to 620-620. When we come back, we will start with football because the Bears made a splash over the weekend. They've already traded the number one overall pick in this year's draft. What exactly does that mean for the Arizona Cardinals? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show here on a Monday morning. It is Wolf and Luke and um, free agent frenzy as I'm seeing on all the TVs in here right now, Wolf. Legal tampering has begun. Now, this is typically when you start to see the deals. Like, Wednesday is when they can actually officially be signed. But typically, you actually see them here in these next couple days, starting today. So, the Cardinals are are kind of an unknown this year in the sense that we may see them sign a bunch of guys to fill out their roster. We may see Monty Austin Fort wait a little bit, and the big names may go other places because they're kind of in a half-rebuild. Um, but the focus for the Cardinals is clearly on the draft, which is coming up here, or at least Cardinals fans, I should say. Monty Austin Ford, I would assume, is focused on what's going on right now. But the draft here in just over a month, and we got pretty big news over the weekend that 
You don't have to stretch to see how it impacts the Cardinals. The Bears trading the number one overall pick to Carolina for four draft picks and DJ Moore. That was shocking right there, wasn't it? It was shocking to me because why would the Bears do it now? Why wouldn't they try to hold out right till the end to where that pressure point of the draft, of course, would allow them maybe to get more? Maybe it was a deal. Maybe it was just a situation right now where the Carolina Panthers said, I just want you to know this right now. We are making this offer and we're going to go in a different direction. At some point in time, they had to say this is an ultimatum. They had to say that. And yet, I'm shocked that the Bears didn't hold out. Wow. (laughs) Are you serious? So, I'm wondering if another shoe is going to fall here and what that shoe may be. I don't know. So, the Bears got a pretty good deal. They get Carolina's first-round selection this year. That's number nine. They get a second-round pick, number 61, a 2024 first-round pick, and a 2025 second-round pick, plus DJ Moore, who there was, there was, DJ a, Moore. There was a stat floating around uh, over the, the weekend, and I know it was started by either a Bears fan or, or a Bears website, that DJ Moore, like just based on what he's done in his career, is already one of the most accomplished receivers in Bears history. Uh, he's kind of flown under the radar up to this point in his career, but that's a nice haul for the Bears. But to your point, what's your rush? I mean, maybe you could get more from another desperate team. That That's not an absurd haul to move up to number one, I guess is what I'm saying. You, you If you're Carolina, it's a pick swap and then a first and two seconds to move yes. up and get your quarterback, ideally your franchise quarterback of the future. So that's what we're all assuming, of course. That's what the Carolina Panthers are going to I do. I would assume Because so. there it is, the Bears sitting there, number one, Justin Fields. That's good. Get them out. Because now you've got the Carolina Panthers at number one, the Houston Texans at number two. And the Texans also, you would imagine, they're going to take a quarterback. And guess what, brothers? Guess what that does for the Arizona Cardinals right now. It puts them in the best hot seat you could possibly have because Anthony Richardson did the combine workout and of course we all knew he was going to shine in that combine workout and boy did he shine. <laughs> Arizona oh, Sports starting news. So according to ESPN's Adam Schefter former Eagle Javon Hargrave has reached an agreement on a four-year, $80 million deal that includes $40 million guaranteed at signing with the San Francisco 49ers. No! No! This is brutal. And it's especially brutal today because none of the computers in here work. You! So Maloney's the only one who knew. We couldn't even be like, I know where this is going. No! That's... Okay, could you have gone to any other division but the NFC West? San Francisco does but especially the 49ers. Javon Hargrave. Okay, see see this though? This is there there is a little something something here that maybe we can take and learn Basinonians, like um building on the line of scrimmage and how important it is to build. They're already the built. They just okay? built a skyscraper on top of another skyscraper. They, they just said basically, you know, we 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 were good, but if you thought we were good last year, you ain't seen nothing yet. This is Javon Hargrave. You want to talk about a butt in the gap. You want to talk about a guy that is going to stuff you 
Uh, it's Javon Hargrave. Now, here, here's the one. Here's the one caveat on this. You just never know what kind of money that's going to do to a human being. That's, you never know. That's about true, that. especially when you get a guy who's a butt guy. Okay, it's true, but if that's the only downside, you could make that case in any deal ever. So you're right, but if that's the only silver lining for Cardinals fans or Rams fans or Seahawks fans, for that matter, or really, I mean, when you're talking about San Francisco, that hurts everybody in the NFC. Because that defense was already almost impossible to move the ball on most games, and it just got that much tougher. That's wow. brutal. That is there really is. brutal. There it is. It's just so amazing. That is the first stone, is it not, to be flipped? That's the first first big one. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Ramsey right over there. the weekend, but that's not. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Once again, that's a trade, correct? Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're talking about here it is. Unrestricted free agency. The legal tampering has begun with Javon Hargrave basing on it. Wow. And in this day and age in the National Football League, stop and think about this. The year 2023 of our Lord. Guess what? The first unrestricted free agent to sign plays on the line of scrimmage and is a butt gut, butt in the gap. That tells you what what football is still all about going forward. I love that. Yeah, and I guess maybe this means at least San Francisco won't take Zach Allen. Maybe. I, I mean, I don't know. Of all the teams for him to go to, as and I'm not exaggerating, we don't have usually, usually at least when Maloney's doing breaking news, I kind of have a sense of where it's going. But because everything's shut down right now, I had no idea where she was going. So as she's talking, I'm I mean, like, you got everything. Oh my goodness, you do. You yeah, you at least have a computer. Over there. Um, I was I was thinking like, okay, the more she reads this, maybe somehow it's something good, although the Cardinals aren't going to pay that much. So then hopefully he's just going anywhere else, and that would be the last place you want him to go. Again, that's not a Cardinals issue. That's um, that's that's really for everybody in the NFC. The NFC West, oh right. my goodness. Let's the go back 49ers. to that, that trade, because... While it doesn't make a lot of sense for Chicago, I don't think, to make the trade this early. I mean, you still have six weeks before the draft. It, it's a good deal for them. They, this is what happens when you have the top pick and you don't need a quarterback. They, they obviously believe in Justin Fields, so now they get him a receiver and they get a bunch of picks. I think this is great for the Cardinals. I think this is fantastic for the Cardinals because now you've got six weeks to work on teams. And any team that gets really high on a quarterback and is like, oh, you know what, I do want Anthony Richardson. Or if somehow the word gets out that, that Carolina is is interested in him or they want Young and, and Houston, like whatever, any team that wants a third quarterback is going to have to deal with the Cardinals. And they know it now for six weeks. You know <laughs> Not to poo-poo anything you just said right there. You can't. I feel very resolute in this one. But can, can I tell you right now, can the Carolina Panthers, could, can they trade that pick themselves? They could. Sitting there at number one. Yeah. That would be I'm odd. just thinking about it right now. Why do... Maybe they're going to be offered something even more than what they gave the Bears. Do you think... What do you I, think about what they gave up? Like, I understand the timing. It's kind of strange to do it so early. But do you think they gave up enough to move up to number one? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm thinking of Trey Lance, of course. I'm thinking of the 49ers. What do they give up? They give up three number ones, yeah. right? Three number ones yeah. to move up to number three. Other teams have overpaid. Yeah, other teams have definitely overpaid. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just wondering. 
<laughs> if I am an industrious guy as a general manager, if I'm not looking around saying, hey, you know what, um, I'm we're going to take some calls as well on this. I'm just saying, they got their move. They're number one, the Carolina Panthers. Frank Reich is going to get his guy, whoever they value at quarterback, or maybe they'll just get the haul of a lifetime since they are rebuilding as well. But for the Cardinals now, you can very safely assume that Will Anderson's going to be there at three. Carolina didn't trail all that to go up and get Will Anderson. Right. I would think. Right. I mean, you've got to have contingency plans. But if you're the Cardinals now, six weeks ahead of draft day, it's fairly clear. You can have whatever position player you want, even though we all suspected that. Now with the trade, you know you can probably have whatever position player that isn't a quarterback that you want. Or you can field calls for six weeks and try and start a bidding war. Or both. Well, not both. You have to look at everybody. It's Tony Richardson. Look at him. Oh my goodness! What if Houston likes him? I'd be calling Houston every day, yeah, anonymously. Be burner incredible. accounts on Twitter. Wow, this guy's amazing. Talk Houston and taking him. If C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young were somehow still there at number three, uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. All right, when we come back. ASU is in the NCAA tournament. Actually, so is uh, GCU and U of A. So three Arizona teams. Were the Sun Devils deserving? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. get this one gripe out of the way, okay, Wolf? Okay. Love this time of year. Love this week. ASU's in the tournament. It's fantastic, okay? Why does every single website that does a write-up on March Madness, you type in, okay, I just like, I just like the bracket. Can you yeah. just show me the bracket? Right. Well, here's what we think of the bracket. Here's the bracket in paragraph form. I know. I don't want a bracket in paragraph form. The reason I love the bracket is it's a bracket. Yes. So I'm going to spend the next 45 minutes trying to pull up a bracket online. Okay, okay great. So you, you go ahead and do that. I could right read now. you stories about the bracket. Is that no. what you want? Well, no, I don't want to hear stories about okay. the bracket right now. I want to hear stories about how ASU has got a shot, baby. You're telling me they can get into the field of 64. Oh, my goodness. They are going to Dayton, ladies and gentlemen. And there was a lot to do about that as well, right? There are a lot of people speculating as to whether or not the Sun Devils were going to get in. And do they deserve to be in? You know what? Uh, this is great right now because it doesn't matter. <laughs> They're playing to get in. They're in right now. They're in the field of 68. Get ready to get into the field of 64. Just got to beat Nevada. <laughs> I think That's I'm, all. I'm going to get like a timeshare in Dayton because ASU is like, they, you know how like for the longest time, Jacksonville, the Jaguars were like London's team because they yes. would be there every year. It felt like yeah. ASU always starts in Dayton. That's yeah. just the way it is. But but you're, still, you're, you're okay with that. I'm, right? I'm totally okay Heck with it. Yeah. Totally okay. Look, if you don't want to be in this position, I, I think they're one of the, the, they have one of the 64 best resumes, but you're in. You're in. If you win on, on Wednesday, you move on. Like, that's that's all you can ask for. I would have been upset if they didn't get Survive in. Survive in advance. Considering they went out and won two games in the NCAA, or the, the Pac-12 tournament, and they beat USC, they did what what I believe they had to do to get in. If you beat U of A, we said this last week, if you beat U of A, you're definitely in. If you beat USA, uh, USC, you should be in. Um, but is it ever not the last region they reveal 
And I'm sure this yeah. it feels this way for every team. Like, if your team's on the bubble, oh, okay, here's the South, they're not in there. Okay, well, here's the East, but they're not in there. Okay, well, here's the Midwest, and then it's always like, one region left, and then they read through the first uh, four of the eight prongs there, and then they get down to, okay, TCU's going to be the sixth seed, and they're going to play the winner of Nevada, and, and then they take like a 45-minute <laughs> break. Yeah, there were a lot of people that were bent out of shape as well that Nevada had actually got a chance to play in the tournament as well, especially because they had lost their last three games going in. And when you look at the last three games Nevada played, um, Wyoming, who's not in the tournament, UNLV, who's not in the tournament, in San Jose State, those last three that they lost to right there. Nevada was buckling at the end of the season, and that's who ASU was going to have to beat to get into the field. Look, this is, I mean, I want them to win, obviously, at this point, but I'm, I'm, I'm finding, Wolf, that I'm big on uh, sports justice. I would have felt like it was an injustice if they weren't at least in the field after the resume they've put together. And you and I talked about this on Friday, and I told you I was talking to a lot of people off the air about it that were not making me happy. But it's not to me, hey, is ASU going to beat this team? Hey, are they, are they, would, do I imagine they're better than this team? It's, it's what the resume was. And I think it was Chris Cartman, actually, Sun Devil Source, that tweeted this out over the, uh, he tweeted out in the middle of the selection. So NC State gets in, right? I'm just picking a team. Yeah. They had one Q1 win. ASU had five of those away from home. Like, ASU, whether you are a Sun Devil fan or not, whether you believe they're going to go anywhere in the tournament or not, they deserve to be in. Now, what they do from here, would it shock me if they lost to Nevada? No. I mean, I've said this about this team all season long. They could lose to Nevada or they could beat U of A in Tucson. Yeah. So, I mean, they the range with them is... To me, the sort of team you want to have in March Madness because they could take anybody out, but I don't know that they're going to go on a deep run. But I just, they deserve to be in there, and they are. Yeah. You know what else? A lot of people pointed to Oklahoma State as well, and they were talking about Oklahoma State. How, how did ASU get in over Oklahoma State? And, you know, you think about it Oklahoma State, they were, they played 18 quad one games, and they won six of them. I, you know, six and twelve in quad one. Yeah, you know, for me, I'm just saying. Um, sorry, but ASU, ASU, the the non conference of ASU and some of the wins that they actually had, like against VCU, which is a tournament team, and Creighton as well. You know, those I think those actually stood out really, really well. And of course, the conference games when you talk about beating the U of A, that in and of itself. I think, um, really got the committee in their attention. And then beating USC in the tournament, I think, put them over the top. Well, and, and you know what? It turns out it's it's pretty much exactly what everybody thought last week going into the Pac-12 tournament, right? Just beating Oregon State, they wouldn't have gotten in. They yes. had to beat USC. Right. Had they beaten U of A, they would have been in just the regular field, but you had to beat USC, and that's very clear now. Even though we all thought that, it's very clear now, because if they don't win that game, they're not in. Here's Bobby Hurley yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it was, you could talk about a lot of games that, that fit that description. I mean, it's, uh, I touched on it it goes back to the bay area like we knew we had to win those two it was must win games for our season and the guys stepped up and and then we were just trying to win everything we could you know at arizona and the usc game was definitely a significant game uh i really personally didn't share this with the players but i felt a ton of pressure that whole day knowing that we had you know i had to deliver a good performance and we needed to win that game uh in order to have a legitimate chance to to play in the ncaa tournament 
Wow. That's interesting. See that later right there. I I didn't tell my guys that, of course. The art of coaching, knowing what to say and what not to say. Yeah, That's what it is. Yeah. That brings back so many memories right now. This is what a head coach does, especially when you're talking about a bunch of college kids, base and audience. This is what he does. He tries to get in their head and maps it out for them. He controls the expectations. He really has got to motivate. When you get to the NBA, when you get to the NFL, when you get to the NHL, when you get to Major League Baseball, when you are a professional athlete, get yourself ready to go. Get yourself ready to go. Never forget that. Don't point a finger at a coach that didn't get you ready to go. You're the, you're the guy that should get himself ready to go at all times. But man, at the college level... Coaching matters. This is what a coach does, a head coach at the college level. You're talking about a bunch of 18-year-olds, 19-year-old kids. Yeah, okay, you got some 20-year-olds, but you're talking about some young brains that you're trying to mold and trying to actually lay out what it's going to take, the context of what it's going to take to win. That's just such an honest statement from a coach because it's like, okay, here's, here's I got I to tell my guys this. I want this as motivation. Very but maybe cool. maybe I don't want that much pressure. I don't want them feeling that much going into the USC game. And here's the other part of this that, you know, it's it's um maybe not likely, but it's it's not crazy. Again, I said this at the at the top of the show. If ASU wins, they play TCU, okay? If they win that, they play the winner of Gonzaga GCU. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a tall order for GCU. It is. It is. It to is. Beat Gonzaga. And ASU would have to win two games, but it's not like they're on opposite sides of the bracket. No. It's not like they would have to meet in the final four. They could meet in the round of 32. Wow. So, <laughs> can you imagine this city? The blood would be on the boil, would it not? Oh, that would be. I just want that to happen, regardless of who wins. But then when we get there, I'll be greedy and want ASU to win too. Text Valley to 62620 and become a Phoenix Suns insider to get all the latest and breaking news on the Suns and their quest for an NBA championship. That's Valley to 620-620. When we come back, Suns general manager James Jones talked about Kevin Durant's ankle injury, and he had some interesting things to say. Do you feel any better after this? We'll explain next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Oh, by the way, the Phoenix Suns play Golden State tonight in Milwaukee tomorrow. As if you were uh, didn't have enough going on this week. Man. No big deal. Just the Brutal. defending champs and then the champs from two years ago. Sacramento looks so good, too. Yeah, I, you know. They look good, man. I'm just shocked at how efficient they are offensively. And they compete on the defensive end of the floor. They, um, I'm trying to think who they remind me of from the last couple years because they're legit in the sense that they could take anybody out in the first round or they could take somebody. I shouldn't say anybody, but they could certainly take somebody out in the first round. I mean, what are they, number two in the conference? They deserve that. <laughs> uh, they deserve that credit. But I also just I don't trust them to go on a run and win like three series. But that's that's a legit um, it's a legit team, and they beat the Suns. And I thought that uh, the Suns got pretty good production from their big three. But you watch them right now, and you realize they need to have a 
big four. And that brings us to Kevin Durant, who I think we all had KD fatigue by the end of last week because we've spent more time talking about if he's going to play than anything else. Interesting quote, though, from James Jones talking to Dwayne Rankin of the Arizona Republic over the weekend, Wolf. And I'm just going to just going to get your reaction to this right here. Um, there's a story and, and there's a lot of a lot of good quotes in here. But the one from James Jones, if the playoffs started today, he'd be out there. He'd be struggling a little bit. Arizona sports. Breaking Who do the Niners sign now? <laughs> Sorry, Luke. Yeah. Um, the Niners did not sign Yay. anyone. Okay, good. But according to Mike Garofolo with NFL Network, the Raiders are closing in on a deal with Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, what? Odd. Wow. So let's see. They get an older version of Derek Carr. Is that what you're saying? And him and Josh McDaniels reunite. That's got to be it, it I guess. There it so is. So are they still taking a quarterback with their top 10 pick? Um, are they not a team that's going to trade up now? It depends, obviously. You're not bringing in Aaron um, Rodgers oh, now. That is a big deal right there. Jimmy J! Got me a Raider! So that's Aaron Rodgers to the Jets or back to Green Bay or retiring, right? Yes. Because I thought the Raiders were probably about the only other viable team. And now... That's not happening. Can you imagine signing Jimmy G and being like, oh, by the way, Jimmy, we brought in Aaron Rodgers to the back end. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think that's <laughs> going to happen right there. Well, okay, so here it is. It's coming down. Breaking news, no doubt. Jimmy G is no longer um, in the NFC West. Gone. Yep. No NFC for Jimmy G. Um, that's a that is that's not what I thought was going to happen. I don't know what I thought was going to happen with him, but I didn't necessarily think he was going to uh, to Vegas. All right, back to the Suns. What about that quote from James Jones saying if the playoffs started, Kevin Durant would be playing, but he'd be struggling. So I guess that is good and kind of something we were wondering about last week. Is this a little bit precautionary? You know, is the three weeks, is that, uh, who threw that number out there? Because originally it was two weeks. If he could play, if this were the playoffs, to me that is a, a great sign compared to where we were a few days ago. But um, it sounds like he is hurt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe sounds more, like he is hurt. more than they originally anticipated. Yeah, maybe. So do you have sound that you want to play? Is that what you were saying? No, the sound is me reading the quotes just, of James Jones. Right yeah. I mean, I have more. Do you want more? Here's one, another one from James Jones. I was on the floor when he did it, so I saw when it happened. It was just wait and see. He sprained yeah. his ankle. He continued to finish working out, went to the back, said he was a little sore and hobbled around a little bit. Then he got on the table and was like, I feel a little stiff. We examined it, got him on the table, doctor took a look at him and said, hey, he sprained it pretty good. We should probably just go and be cautious, take it slow. He wanted to play. He was still itching to play, but we have a long-term view. Come to find out, it's a pretty moderate sprain, good enough to hobble him around a little bit. Yeah, boy, that is so weird right there. Now, listen, I understand, Basin Orleans, I really do. When you roll an ankle and it's warm, it's hot, it's still, you're still, you're sweating. I get it. Um, it takes you, it takes you some time to evaluate it. Like, 10 minutes after your workout, <laughs> you know, you've got a 10-minute workout, and 10 minutes after you roll that ankle, that to me should have told him, yeah, I'm done. This this right here, I need to sit down and have somebody, you can feel it swelling. You've got an ankle that you're going to, you got an ankle that's going to keep you out for like three weeks, <laughs> you can feel the swell. 
you can feel it when you do it and immediately after it. It makes me wonder if, in fact, it's that bad. If it is as bad as they say, maybe they just want to over-deliver on this. Maybe the safe thing to do with Suns fans is just say, we all know about Kevin Durant, all worried about it. Why not come out in, in front of it and say, you know what, it's probably going to be about three weeks. It's going to be more like three weeks that he's going to miss. We'll reevaluate him after three weeks and then maybe deliver after two yeah, I think that's that's an interesting point to bring up because the phrasing of we're going to reevaluate him in three weeks makes it seem like, yeah, we're not even going to look at him again for three weeks, right? I mean, that that's generally what it is. We're going to reevaluate him in three weeks means at least three weeks. But to your point, if James Jones is saying if this were the playoffs, he'd be out there, but he wouldn't be right, but he would be out there. Well, what if in two weeks, Katie's like, well, right. I'm good. Right. I mean, you're not going to be like, well, I'm sorry, your reevaluation is not scheduled for a week, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Guess we'll talk to you next Tuesday. I love that right there. What are you doing, you madman? <laughs> How dare you? So, we said three weeks yeah. we'd reevaluate you, not two. You're way too early for this appointment. Uh, so, I, I mean, that's I would say that's certainly in play. It, look, the biggest thing to come out of this story... Um, is is the the idea that if the playoffs were going, he would be out there. Now, yeah. I do wonder if they look at this and they're like, okay, he's also coming back from a knee injury. He played three games. You know that the the three weeks is what kind of threw me off at the end of last week because obviously, if he rolls his ankle in pregame with everything that you have invested in him and the fact that he's only three games back from a knee injury. He doesn't play that night, and I didn't think he'd play for a couple games. But to then say reevaluated in three weeks made it seem like, oh, I mean, we may see him <laughs> before the end of the regular season. And now you you hear these quotes, and at least for me, I feel a little bit better about it for the Suns. Yeah, you know, can I also say this, my brothers, right now? I'm not concerned about the Suns that aren't playing or no longer here. It's the players that are playing. That's starting to bother me. I For campaign to play seven minutes, seven minutes in that game, and, and D. Lee, th- those two guys in particular right now, what, what has happened? I mean, Damian Lee was having such a strong, strong season. Now, I know he's been in a funk as of late. I know that. But D. Lee was, was shooting the three so well. And, and campaign as well was, was an integral piece to the Suns bench. At least that's what we all thought last year and even going into this year, that campaign was going to have to be that guy. I'm worried about campaign, honestly. I mean, it, the, the game on Saturday plays seven minutes, five points. And I got into foul trouble relatively, three, three fouls. But his, yeah. his, his, his last six games, okay, five points, eight points, six, six, five, two. And his minutes, 7, 18, 15, 17, 15, 8. Like, it's just, I'm not, I, I shouldn't say I'm worried about him, but I'm, I feel like the one thing that we were trying to avoid at the start of the season was Chris Paul having to play a ton of minutes. Yes. And what happens if Chris Paul can't go in a playoff game or something? And I, I doesn't feel like they trust campaign as somebody they can go to. And Chris Paul played 39 minutes on Saturday. 39 minutes. Yep. That's exactly the note I wrote down as well. 39 minutes and campaigned it. The lack of confidence right now and when that goes, oh, man. I mean, campaign's got to be a guy you're, you're thinking, he's got to play 20, 22 minutes plus somewhere in there. That's what you're thinking. 
And that has not been the case with campaign. And he doesn't seem confident. Man, it's just something is going on with campaign. And once you lose that confidence base in audience, it is really, really hard to get it back. As a professional athlete, it's very, very tough to get it back in a year that you lose it. Well, it looks like he's lost it. And the thing with campaign is it's not like, okay, well, you know, campaign struggling. If he doesn't get it back for the playoffs, you know, we'll just bury him on the bench. We'll bring, and, you know, he's your backup point guard. And I, I get you can get creative and you can have Book carry the ball up the floor. You can have Kevin Durant when he's I, – I get that there are ways around it. But that was at the end when last season ended and you're like, okay, what's got to be fixed for next year? What are the yeah. knowns, right? Because yeah. there's so much unknown. They got to have an option behind Chris Paul was the first – words out of Correct. everybody's Correct. mouth because last year when Chris Paul wasn't right in the playoffs, they didn't trust campaign enough to go to him. Now, the year before, he won them Western Conference Finals games. Yes. But last year, and now I'm, I'm guessing right now, if the, if the playoffs were going, they wouldn't go to him either. So what are your point totals with campaign right there? You read them off quickly. What are they? Um, they're not good. Hold on. Let me pull them back up. Five, eight, six, six, five, two. Those oh are his last six goodness. games. Wow. And the assists are not like two, seven, five, three, two, zero. But but the bigger thing is if, if the playoffs started tomorrow and they're like, hey, we're going to be without Chris Paul for two games, who's your point guard? Wow. And <laughs> I get it. I mean, you had to put the focus on getting Kevin Durant, and they did that. But it's that's potential area for concern right there. When we come back, what do you expect to see from the Cardinals as free agency gets going? We'll discuss that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.